Sports Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brands. We're here in Plaza Midwood at an award-winning brewery, Danny Brands. Yep, and it's a brand new spot for us, John. It's Pilot Brewing. It, it's, it's a fantastic place. We're here out on the patio, and we, we've got a large soft pretzel coming to the table as well. And, there, and there's a lot to talk about with Charlotte FC. It's, it's our first podcast in about uh, a week Danny Brams, 10 days or so, actually. Yeah, we might have to acknowledge the uh, 20-pound gorilla in the room, which is just, we missed a week because we recorded an episode and didn't get published. But hey, we appreciated the chance to uh, get love from the uh, the TIFOs and answer their questions online that we had already re- answered verbally. Yep. And hopefully everybody got the answers they were looking for. It, we're dubbing it the, the lost episode. Exactly. And... Only if you could have heard it, because we had some fire takes uh, on the back patio in South End. But because we missed that episode, we're going to come back stronger than ever this evening. Because Bingo. you talked about addressing what we have to, and that is the playoff race, right? Everybody's asking the question this week. Before Can- we get there, what are you drinking here at Pilot? I mentioned the award-winning beer. I'm having the Hefeweizen, and it is Hazy Skies, and it's a medal winner in the U.S. Open Beer Cup. I'm just going to dub it that. She told us it was the U.S. Open. It's fantastic. And it's your namesake beer, a Hazy hazy Skies Hefeweizen for John Hayes. I love it. You know I love a Hazy. I actually went a little different direction tonight with the Expression Session Blonde. One of the little micro batches they put out here, and it's delightful. It's crisp. It's it's what you want a blonde to be. Express yourself always, and yeah, let's express ourselves tonight. I couldn't think of a better name for a beer while we do this show because that it's going to be exactly that—an expression session. And the reason why is because Charlotte FC, the the playoff run-in, has all of a sudden take, taken a dramatic turn, where. The Charlotte FC players, the the organization, uh, the interim manager, the staff, everything surrounding this club has turned its attention to making the playoffs once again. This is after Danny Brands. We've done shows. <laughs> we we did a, a classic whodunit mystery episode trying to figure out who killed Charlotte FC's playoff chances ultimately. And now, all of a sudden, it's like the Undertaker gif popping back up out of the coffin. It, it has... Has this Charlotte FC ri- team risen from the dead? That, that's truly what I'm trying to figure out. Is this a Frankenstein-type situation <laughs> right. that is unfolding right. at back in Bank of America Stadium at the Keep? I mean, back-to-back wins have been that jolt of electricity that have possibly reanimated this entire thing. I, I don't know. I hope so. I, I always want to make the playoffs, but I do feel like since we kind of adapted the tone of, hey, the playoffs are out of the way, let's just have a good time here for the, the final run out of the season, I do think... It's actually, I've enjoyed being a Charlotte FC supporter more since I kind of adopted that attitude. I think, you know, the playoffs are a dream at this point, and we can keep dreaming, but I don't really like the, the place I was in mentally during that stretch when Kalina was like, it's eight finals, and Bronny was like six or six, and it's like, you know, it, that was the mission, and I was ready for it, and, and I went and screamed my head off at home games during that stretch when I could, and we still took losses. But unrealistic goals, actually, in my opinion, have a reverse, right. it's like, Logical effect. That's what I'm getting at. Because it's like, oh yeah, it's fun to have that. 
as a goal, but realistically, can you accomplish that? And I think that's the perfect jumping off point for the point of this conversation, at least the front end of this conversation, because we're going to get to some listener questions as well later in the show. It's going to be fun to hear from you, our tremendous friends of the show. Thanks so much for holding on uh, with us and checking back in 10 days after our our last episode. Obviously, we have witnessed a, a massive win that needs to be acknowledged as well. Right, right. And it's been a few days since that win, so we kind of didn't get to it right off the top. But man, what a game. What an absolute stunner of a comeback win, stealing three points in Chicago when we were down 2-0 at half. Absolutely some of the best memories that I will take from the season were just watching those goals go in and watching the fight from this team. And and it's kind of that match, even though we still have two more to go on the run out, or excuse me, three, two home, three total, uh, that is the game that kind of just made me I was screaming my head off at home just like it was a culmination that was kind of a climax I don't want it to be a climax because I want to keep building but if that turns out to be the climax it will be a well-deserved one because it was such a great sort of seeing the team fight back and so many chances when we wanted to see fight earlier in the season we didn't see enough fight you know we didn't see enough push and passion like and we didn't really see results in any shape or form that we wanted in a lot of these especially road games all of a sudden, everything we needed was there for us in Chicago, and the, the team rallied. Halftime speech must have been quite a uh, slobber knocker in the in the locker room, I think. And always they, a question about who gives it. Yeah, and uh, Fuchs wasn't playing in the match, but you'd like to hope that he lit a fire under some guys in his role as the as the team's captain. He wasn't the captain on the pitch; he was watching the new captain, the first time captain, our boy King Carroll massive result that has led to and we're gonna we're gonna break down this result we're gonna talk about what you saw on the field because Charlotte FC doesn't play this weekend uh, it's it's more than a week until this team plays its next game still about 10 days away from the time of this recording it's Wednesday evening here in the QC Charlotte FC doesn't play at home until October 1st against the supporters shield leaders Philadelphia Union so before we get to to match reaction, we need to just figure out realistically what is at stake in that home game against Philly and in that makeup game against Columbus. Well, it and, goes, and and Red Bulls on the road as well. It goes back to you know what can we accomplish in these last three games? And you think back to what we just saw in Chicago, and we saw Carroll take over. We saw Carroll earn MLS Player of the Week honors, which is absolutely right. amazing historical week for Charlotte FC in that regard. And he's really coming into his own here, headed into an international break that is going to be sort of a final tune-up for Poland's World Cup effort. And I've been pegging him as the guy kind of like the, the fourth in line behind Piatek and Milic, who are, or Milic, who, who are like accomplished European League strikers. But with his form, he might find himself in that second striker spot in the international window, backing up Lewandowski, which would be absolutely amazing. He's playing his balls off, and that was awesome. And then the other question I have for you, John, is... What did you think of Nuno Santos? That's the next guy on my list to do a, a cheers to. And the reason why is because he's got his debut goal. In his second match. For Charlotte FC. Um, it's a vital goal. Uh, our friends across the pond like to say, the account has now been open. <laughs> and Nuno Santos is a Charlotte FC goal sto- scorer in his second match. And 
he ironically, Danny Brands, we talked about what type of player is he compared to what type of talent this club already has. The the FIFA 23 ratings came out today. Right, yeah. That was and, something to see. And Nuno Santos was the second rated player behind Karol Svidersky on those ratings. So the expectations for him are are high everywhere, and it was great to see that. But when we, when we talk about our playoff race, before we get into that, that match reaction, Danny Brams, I need to ask you a question. Is is the playoff hunt realistic? Mathematically, what are the odds here? For Charlotte FC to beat Philly at home, to go on the road and beat Red Bulls, to beat Columbus at home as well, is that Red Bulls game first before Philly? No, the the Red Bulls match is decision day. It's the final match. So we got Philly, then Columbus, then Red Bulls is the gotcha. run out. Yeah. Perfect. So in that order, how does it happen? The other clubs, Columbus is one of them. So obviously a result against Columbus is huge. Yep. A result against Philadelphia doesn't do anything for us except for get three points. It doesn't take three points away. It's not a six-match swing. New York Red Bulls is not a six-match swing either. They're, right. they're, Red Bulls are clinched. They're, they're going to the playoffs. They're both, trying to keep home field advantage, which we could take away from them, but they're in. So both of those first, uh, both of those matches that are that are full-time matches, right? Yep. Like matches that will be played 90 minutes <laughs> yeah, exactly. are against playoff teams. 2.7 games left. <laughs> so those are tough to win. They're two very right. good clubs, and... Before thinking about any other club, I know the saying in and the cliche is that you can control your own destiny, right? Which is actually not true because there's destiny right. is not something that you can control. We, we could do a whole other side episode uh, for the Patreon subs yes. about what the nature of destiny. That'd and, be fun. And, and how cliches. Maybe a few more beers first. In sports, you know, we, we try to rid um, cliches like that, but here, here we are mentioning one on the podcast. And the truth is, we don't control our own destiny. In, right. in, in this case, as Charlotte FC's playoff hopes will be determined by other results. So, who as are we well rooting against? Who are we rooting against? Obviously, Atlanta United. Yep, we're rooting against Atlanta. We're rooting against Miami. We're rooting against Columbus. We'd love Cincinnati to lose some games just because we don't like them that much. But they, we can't catch them. We, we I don't. If they get, uh, let's see, we have nine more points available, right? So we have, we can get to forty-seven. 47 will get us, would per- currently have us in fourth, fifth place, comfortably in the playoffs. But obviously, the other teams are going to add some points. Right. So we got to get to 47, and that'll give us a great shot. But we're going to have to root against Miami, Columbus, and Atlanta to answer your question, like you said. Miami's playing pretty well right now. Miami's on a heater. Miami's playing great. Gonzalo Higuain is somebody who has scored late winners for them is a experienced striker that they can count on score goals when it matters I don't like that at all yeah and we need Orlando to help us out because Miami plays Orlando Montreal and Toronto Montreal they'll probably lose because Montreal is one of the best teams in the east but what if Montreal has nothing to play for on decision day and they run out of clown card to rest guys for their first playoff game? That could happen. It could. So we can't really count on Montreal, although we would hope that we could expect them to give, hand Miami a loss. Uh, the, the Toronto game that Miami plays is in Toronto. Toronto's been kind of, Unfortunately, we got like the worst of the new look Toronto when they came to play, when we went up to play them. 
like they had just gotten Insigne and Bernardeschi, and yeah, those they, guys they were, were flying against yeah. us. And we played horrible, really, to be honest. And since then, Toronto's like been horrible, really bad form, and they they are probably going to miss the playoffs. They're fighting to get in just like we are, right? And uh, they're. Their status isn't much better. They're actually behind us, so even though they've beaten us twice. So that's pretty frustrating, to be honest, but we can't really count on them to beat Miami even at home. So we really need Orlando. Orlando's coming into form, U.S. Open Cup champions. That's the one we definitely Man, need. Man, I was watching that U.S. Open Cup final, and I was pulling so hard for Sacramento. <laughs> Always pull for the underdog, baby. And it was just one of those matches where you knew that there was going to be like a mistake at the back and Orlando right. was going to win and I, I just just the, hearing the Minos that couldn't keep it up for the full length of the whole thing just to know that another MLS team wins that cup like it pisses me off I'm like I want to be that club mm-hmm. hoisting the US Open Cup trophy always you the know? cup oh, to, yeah. to quote our dearly departed yeah always the cup he knows it So rooting for Orlando is tough for me. Yeah. But at the, the same time. But they can help I, us out. The enemy of help. my enemy is my friend? Uh, we don't know. You know? <laughs> we'll figure out here. So let's go into this final stretch. And, and this is, I think, ultimately the point that I want to make is let's not go into this final stretch of the season hanging on every minute thinking our playoff hopes are right. at stake. Right. Let's no- just play free and no- enjoy it. Notice how our playoff hopes were revived because we stopped caring about it and we decided to play free and enjoy it like that's that's what I saw I just saw when I looked at that team that made the comeback win against Chicago even falling behind on some frankly some BS like against the run of play goals in my mind uh, in the first half what I saw was a team that just wanted to go out and win that game just to play to win a football game to win a football game and go out there and be the better team for 90 minutes, not caring about the consequences or the the implications or anything like that. They just wanted to win, and that's the the what you need. And you saw it in the locker room after the match. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like it, it was a party. Uh huh. It was like the well, it wasn't a loss, but it's like it reminds me of Ted Lasso, right? Where Trent Krim he finds out that there was a party in the in the locker room <laughs> after a loss. <laughs> and he writes about it because yeah. uh, Jamie Tart like just you know spilled the beans and was like, "What the yeah. hell? They were partying after a loss." Yeah, like Trent Krim, the Independent. We didn't get, we got to get him on the show. We should get him on the show. <laughs> but like, you're partying in the locker room because you win. I get it, but like the type of party that it was, the celebration that it was, probably fits better for a team that is like playing for something. Yeah, for sure. Like the the celebration was like more than you might have expected for just a regular regular season game but it shows you what it meant to those guys it show and, right. and any type and any type of dramatic comeback win that you score a winner in stoppage time you're going to party I yeah, mean, that's, it, that's that's just the feeling you're going to have especially when you're coming back from a 2-0 right 2-0 exactly. for a 3-2 exactly. it's a party 2-0 to 3-2 in stoppage in, in time a revenge winner. game yeah last almost last kick of the game but imagine, but imagine if we could party like that after a result that actually like right, the, achieved well, something Hey, there's still a chance. The Undertaker is is gotten out of the coffin, like I said. And like, <laughs> I, I mean, I I'm not gonna say that us doing the the uh, murder mystery episode inspired the team uh, to let go of all their pressures and, and just play free. But 
I think we put some karmic energy out there that might have helped. That's we, all. We struck a good tone, and I think that same tone has been struck by Christian Latanzio, the interim manager, which, by the way, is a whole other conversation <laughs> yeah. that Danny Brams and I could have about his future at the club. And all of a sudden, Danny Brams, you're starting to think that he could be back. I mean, if we finish, if we finish the run out of this season, and, and even I think if we're even like playing on decision day for to possibly get in, even with like win and help, win and help scenario, I have to think there's going to be some momentum to bring him back because it's easy. First off, it's it's simple. Yep. I don't think he's necessarily earned the job, but I do know that there's a lot of fans, even listeners of this show, who sometimes get mad at us for talking trash on Latanzio because they like the guy and they do think he should be the manager. I understand that it's a it's an open question in, inside of the yeah, Charlotte and, FC and by the way, this isn't a competition. I don't care who's right or wrong. Right. I just want the club to have success. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's not about right or wrong. It's just i got to be honest with what I feel. I wouldn't bring him back if I was making the decision, but other people would. That, that just shows how it's kind of on the edge. It could go either way. Exactly. And, you, and, and sometimes you have to put your shoes or your feet in the shoes of the owner of the club, David Tepper, and the sporting director, Zoran Cronetta. Like, right now, what are they thinking about? Are, are they going out? Do they Have they prepared at all to make a hire? Well, I'd like I, to think, <laughs> but there's been no... Uh, you know, robust national coaching search, as they say in the college football world. And uh, if, it, if it, anything has been happening on that end, it's all been behind the scenes, for sure. And, and you'd like to think maybe that there's something that leaks, that Charlotte FC would be interested in this person or that person, and there hasn't been a peep. Hasn't been a peep, you're right. We just have not heard anything. It's all been... We really, I mean, we haven't heard a peep on any front, to be honest, whether it's the manager or, or more players. that They keep a, a tight ship at Bank of America Stadium in the offices there, and maybe that's the way Zorn likes to do it. I'm not sure. Whatever his style is inside the walls, is he, uh, hopefully he thinks is working for him. It's mixed results here, probably from my perspective. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I think Latanzio can be – I just think he's a bad game day coach. I just think he's a bad match day coach. I think he's a great training coach. So, I mean, the people for the people that have said would love to see him stay on as a player development role – I, I maybe didn't agree with that so much right away when I first heard that idea floated, but now I'm kind of agreeing with it. Not me. Nah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not at that point yet. I think we've... I, I don't think he would do it. It's tough to take that demotion, right, when you've managed the team as the head guy the whole year. Nah, it, it's, I think it's either you, you stay on board as the manager or, or you're out. And I think that if he makes... Listen, I can be consistent, and I'm happy to say that because I think sometimes certain people will flip-flop about how they feel about things, and I'm not talking about you. Uh, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> that might, I would take that as a fair criticism because like, I do change my mind when presented with new information that can sometimes well, be perceived as a flip-flop. I always sure. prefer in this business to say things like, I reserve the right to change my mind because when you have to do content, you're, it's like the, you're a prisoner of the moment. It's the ebbs and the flows. It's like riding a wave. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get swept up. And other times you can be consistent like I am on this. And that is if Latanzio makes the playoffs, he's our manager. If he doesn't, you had the chance, and now somebody else gets a shot. I am reaching back into the, the 
deep crevices of my mind. I believe you said it exactly those same words before on one or two episodes <laughs> in, in our in our history this season. So yeah, you have been consistent. Props on that. So I, that's something that I'll hang my hat on, and and I'm, I'm rooting for the guy. Right? Don't don't read me wrong. Because right. if he makes the playoffs, guess what? I'm happy. We're in the playoffs. Yeah. And now you got a shot to come back and do it again next season and see what happens. Yeah. Right? I'm o- it's it's okay to live that way in sports. You don't have to. And I think there's been some of that when it comes to Charlotte FC, right? We're also happy about the club. And we want to fall in love with the club. And we want to act like the people who were there on day one will right. be there for the rest of time. Like, the, the only way to, like... Be, it's kind of like the only way to get to like being a 10-year supporter of the club is to support the club in the very first year. And we've gone all in and we've gone hard because we know like it's it's this investment that pays off year after year and compounds. It compounds interest like like compound interest for uh, for the bank's beer and soccer crowd. Change is not a question, it's guaranteed. But ultimately, I would prefer to go into next season with Christian Latanzio because Charlotte FC played a playoff match and got a result on decision day to achieve the goal that former CEO Nick Kelly shared with the fan base before the season started. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to remember, do our, our match react. Danny Brams had eyes on, on the match on Saturday. I was down in Auburn for Penn State at Auburn. Huge college football game. Family Got affair. Family affair. My parents were there. My wife's parents were there. I, my wife's an Auburn grad. I'm a Penn State graduate. Huge day for the family. And by the way, that's two and over Auburn in the last two years. <laughs> so are you getting like uh, cooked like a special dinner? Was there an in-house bet with you and your wife? Like Re- regrettably, no. But <laughs> I feel like um, I already won because yes. she she got us hooked up with like quite possibly the. Swedish Verbo at Auburn. People were like, holy shit, you're staying where? And it was like this newly renovated place right in the middle of downtown. So anyway. Shout out to Rachel. She, I, she's, you know, yeah. she's the one. Yeah, so I, I won in more ways than one. Especially when I left the game. Charlotte FC kicked off. I peeked down. I saw it was 2-0. And then an hour later, <laughs> yeah, it's 3-2. How did it happen? I think you could maybe put it down as one of the best moments in club history so far. Easily. And Danny Brams is going to have his post-match report next. We're here at Pilot Brewing on Central Ave in Plaza Midwood. We're both empty, I, man. I got an empty glass here, man. We need to take a break. Let's get in there and get some more of that award-winning beer. It's a it's a shady part of town here. We're lucky. It was a hot one today. Bring on the fall. In Charlotte. But we've got a great spot on the outside here, patio. Finn is in the house as well. It's always good to have Finn at the recording right. I session. Need to, I need to say something that inspires Finn to bark because that makes me always – whenever I say something and Finn barks, that means I said something good, I feel. That's when you know. So you can follow us on Twitter. Remember to do that, at For the Crown Baby. It's a great place to join the conversation when we're not doing a podcast. We, do, we either do one podcast or two podcasts a week. Maybe we'll do three sometime. But for now, it's one or two. And on those off days, after you've listened to the show, you can catch us there at For the Crown Baby. We'd love to have the conversation on Twitter. You can follow Danny Brams at Danny Brams as well. Follow me at John Hayes on air. And we're going to be back after this.
We're back, Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams here in the house at Pilot Brewing. And you could say that we're now doing the second segment down in the islands. <laughs> yeah, man, we changed up the beers to some Island Hopper IPAs. $3 goblets? <laughs> $3 goblets at Pilot, you got to go for it. I, we, in just full 100% transparency, we ordered our first beers just based on what was on the board. And then... <laughs> Uh, then we came out here to sit on the patio to talk, sh- talk, do the show, and we look over and we see this sign that says three dollar goblets on Wednesdays, and we're like, "Geez, we we missed that on the way in." So, the it's select beers. So it's not every single one on the board that gives you the three dollar goblet, but Island Hopper IPA is on the list of select, and it looked pretty good. And it, we're drinking it now. Does it taste as good as you thought uh, it would be? It tastes amazing, and it fits the vibe. You know, you've got your. Your pride kit on. Oh yeah! Right now, if very, you, very colorful. If you only vibe. wear the if you only wear the pride kit in Pride Month, are you really stepping up and showing pride? I don't think so. I think you got to bust it out at other times in the year as well. I got a beach vibe going on today too with my with my Peter Millar. Yeah, I like shirt. that. Yeah, that's a really great shirt actually. And it's it, it, there's just some sh- clamshells on there yeah. and some uh, some like little some beads. coral. Yeah, 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 real nice. Yeah, so some some uh, some beach vibes now. Man, we got to get down to the islands. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> can we have Charlotte FC do a, a tour down in uh, the Caribbean? Oh, that, oh, that would be fantastic. Maybe we'll get we'll, maybe we'll end up down there in the. Uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, playing against Trinidad uh, uh, League team or something like that. Yeah, or the uh, the uh, Costa Rican League at least. Why not? Oh, man, that would be an ultimate. Uh, I would call that a bucket list experience. Yeah, that, that's a must-go away day if that ever happens for sure. Do us a favor. If you like the podcast, rate, review, subscribe, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We appreciate you listening there, um, wherever you listen to podcasts. Drop us a review, um, and I just wanted to quickly give a shout out. We got a we got a recent review from to, our boy, right? Yeah, to the to the review. I don't know who's our boy. Five and Two Project. Oh, we were able to meet him and his son at the Brawny party. We we were, we've been like hyping up his work all all year, just because he takes some of the best Charlotte FC photos for like an independent photographer. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not gonna read it because he said don't read it. <laughs> and now I'm seeing. I'm now I'm seeing that it, it says spaced out. The five and two. Kevin's there. He okay. says he told us not to read it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to say thanks, Kevin, for that's all. I'll for honor the, his wishes for I mean, the amazing. Yeah. guy. His son Will was great. The amazing review. Make sure you rate us five stars. We've got a four point eight, which is pretty sweet. So thank you to everybody who has rated the show and reviewed the show. It makes a huge difference, and it, and it helps spread the word and. Uh, share the show with a friend. Share share the show with somebody that loves Charlotte FC. Someone who's interested in the you keep calling it the run out, but I prefer to say the run in because like it's like going it's like a golf course on the front nine yeah, and the back yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah. You go out and then you come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, and, that's probably. Uh, I'll I'll accept that. <laughs> so we're we, trying to run into the playoffs, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We if if yeah. we have no hope. If we were still in the Undertaker, uh, still in the coffin days, it would be a run out just to finish <laughs> things off. But there is, there's things to play for. There, there, I, there certainly are. We've heard our takes on the, how that should not affect the mindset that we've got going the last two games, but still. But seriously, though, Kevin, um, appreciate your review. It was, you read that and you go, holy shit, that's why we do the show. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know? It's for the people we've met along the way. You know, yeah. the real. The real podcast was the friends we made along the way, for sure. And hanging out in the tap room, hanging out at tailgates with people, hanging out at the French Quarter hooligans with yeah, people. Not I mean, arcade, right? I could, 
I mean, I could throw out 20 names, but y'all know who you are. And the good news is it's more than just 20 people. I mean, like, we've we've really just had a blast all year. And there, there's a, a special podcast episode coming up soon. It's the beers of the season. And I'm just going to say this. Yeah, you, you, you keep your list. I've got my top five. I have not put. I know my number one, but I have not filled out the top five after that. But every time you get to a new place like Pilot, right? All of a sudden, you got to rethink. Contenders, you got to rethink how that looks. And and one thing that we're going to do on the podcast right now is we're going to rethink and we're going to react. Charlotte FC's three-two win on the road right. at Chicago this past Saturday evening. Danny Brams, the first question I want to ask you is: at two-nil, what was your headspace? My headspace was fire everyone, <laughs> send half the transfers back to where they came from, and uh, re, you know sell the club and, and restart this franchise. I, I was, I was, it, it I happened was quickly. It I was happened low. quickly. I mean, it's I was 30, down minutes, bad. thirty minutes in, yeah, and all of a sudden you realize, oh my goodness, right? We're, we're about to. And get we were off down one nil after three minutes. I mean, right. this guy. So I, you know, if you don't know, like, it's almost hard for me to express how low I was because I'm a huge soccer fantasy player and I focus a lot on MLS fantasy games and stuff like that. That's a whole other episode for the third time I'll say it this year, (laughs) but what I do know is Mauricio Pineda for the Chicago Fire is like a foul box, like he's like the goon, like the the NHL uh, equivalent would be the goon. He's just a guy who's in there to foul and shut down the game in the back of their defense, right? He's like their enforcer. He's like they're brawny bro, but way less skilled and a lot even more fouling, you know. And like, it, it, that's old school soccer. Right. So this guy, to for him to be the one that put us down one nil at three minutes into the match on a play where he like balls pinballing around in the box and he runs it back from the deep defensive midfield and no one closes out on him and he scores. I was livid from the jump. So like, I, like I think I sent you a message when you were down in Auburn and I was like, man, I'm so hyped for this game. I've never been more hyped for a game. Like I, I was just like. And it's for a road game. This is the most hype I'd ever been for a road game, easily, this season. And to be down 1-0 after three minutes, I was freaking livid. And then to be down three, 2-0 after 30 minutes, I was just sad and mad and lashing out and, like, wanting to fight somebody. Bronny Bro gets a yellow in the 39th minute. So we're 30 minutes in. Bronny Bro gets a yellow in the 39th. Right. Which we know he, he knows how to play on a yellow. Bronny can hang on a yellow. He, he can protect himself from getting the red. But in the first half, did, did Charlotte FC offer anything? Like, when, when, when it became halftime, were you saying deserved 2-0? No. Or should Charlotte FC been more in the game? Well, deserved would have been 0-0, I think, because both of Chicago's goals, I felt, were against the run of play. The, the, you can't really say against the run of play three minutes in, I guess, but there is really no run of play established at that point. But, right. but, uh, but they, it was kind of like just a, a luck box, pinball... You know, ball falls to a guy and he shoots from outside the box and scores type of thing. I was like, ugh. So that I didn't feel. Big Sam ball. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Get it in the exactly, box, see what happens. Exactly. Yeah, and then the second goal was completely a counter that we just got beat and got burned. And the, the guy, they had like a three on one basically because we were kind of found ourselves out of place trying to push an attack. So uh, I don't remember exactly what the possession numbers were at halftime. They ended up basically pretty even but I just remembered feeling like Charlotte didn't necessarily well we did win 60-40 as I see here now but 
Charlotte didn't necessarily deserve to be up at halftime, but they didn't deserve to be down either. So it was, it was kind of like a, just a, a sinking feeling. I was down bad. When did your belief creep back into the match? When did when did you start to think that well, okay, if we push, we could get potentially an equalizer, right? Because yeah. you 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 weren't thinking about a win. There's no, no. I was like, yeah, let's like try to escape with a draw. At two nil, yeah. you get a, you get a goal when you all of a sudden you have belief in an equalizer, right? You, when, when did that happen for you? Well, it was kind of like a. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I was about to say a word that, even though this is an all ages pod, like a you know an all language podcast, I probably didn't want to say that word. But it was kind of a, a tease. Let's just, let's just say it. that the first glimmers of hope were a tease, and it was because Carroll scored this brilliant goal, and it was an awesome team goal where like service down to Rios who like fought for the ball and like he was just bouncing. The bouncer was bouncing, doing some of his best bouncer work of, of that he possibly could. I, I said he was going to start again. And, right. And he did. Yes, I was glad that and he so did. And so he, like, fought hard for for this ball that was kind of a 50-50 ball in the advanced attacking position, and he just, like, kicked ass and won it and got a chance to make a play. So he gets the ball in the center of the box to Andre Shinyasiki, who scored uh, – who, who started, excuse me, like I almost forgot to mention that that uh, Charlotte played a four three one two with Carroll as the creative attacking mid. Yep, that was a question the, that was coming. Yeah, yeah, first time we'd seen that all year, and so we had Rios and Shinya in there. Once together. we get to the ninetieth minute, I want to go through the actual game flow here. Yeah, yeah, and then when for we get sure. to the ninetieth. I want to have your overall impression about some of the decisions that were made. Gotcha. Well, what what I can say now, as we wait for that uh, further exploration, is that in the 51st minute, right after halftime, we, you know, Charlotte came out with a new energy. You know, they, something happened at halftime, 100%. You have to know. Like, whether it was a yell and scream, whether it was a just quiet determination, we might never find out. I hope we do someday. But something happened in that locker room at halftime. And the boys came out, and, and like I said, Rio's fighting for a ball, just like throwing bows, just like no one's getting in the club tonight. This is my ball. <laughs> and then he kicks it in the middle of the box to uh, Shin Yashiki, who. You know, there's been times when Shinya has pressed really hard in his limited playing time and sometimes gets a little selfish, which is okay in my mind for an attacking player. That's not a, a diss, just to say he tends to be a little selfish with the ball at times. But in this case, he just laid off a nice ball to Carroll, who was, like, in perfect position. And Carroll scores a goal, and we start going nuts. And, like, everyone's like, yeah, this is we can do this. You know, right after halftime, we're back 2-1. I was watching the game. I was listening to Will and Jess, and I was also on the CLTFC Fan TV YouTube stream. Oh. So with... Uh, JT and Lee and Brian Maher were like they were watching, so I was kind of watching along with them and commenting when I could. And like, and uh, the good news, I was a little bit ahead of them. My stream was slightly ahead of them, so I could be like, go oh, on the chat and stuff like that a couple seconds before they got. So you're being that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course <laughs> I was. So, uh, um, but uh, we were so pumped. Everybody's jumped. Like it was like that's when I had the first belief. To answer your question, yeah. that's when I had the first belief. But VAR. This the the referee decides to call for some VAR and he, the funny thing was I really truly believe what happened was one of the Chicago guys went down who was it I think it was Chichos there's I've heard this guy's name pronounced twenty five different ways uh, it, by different MLS announcers so I'm just calling Chichos like <laughs> it's C Z I C H O S so Chichos like uh, goes down after we score the goal and gets hurt quote unquote hurt I you know I didn't he finished the match played ninety so I don't think he was that hurt. But he uh, he goes down and needs treatment, 
And so that gave them the time to sort of like look at this goal a little more. And unfortunately, they slowed it down to frame by frame, super slow mo, and decided that there was a foul on Bronico in in the build up to the goal, like right as Shinya was receiving it from Rios, because he kind of cut across the box, and they called a foul on him, and it was absolute crap. And uh, I was so mad. I tweeted about it from the show account, and I was so pissed. Because it was gore. it was not a foul that was even close to being called in the live speed, but because they broke it down so slow, it's just another example. Like, I'm not blaming any of Charlotte's failures this year on referees, but I will say we've been hard done by referees at times this season, and this was another example of that. I think most MLS teams would feel that way. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. That's a great, great point. But they wiped our goal basically. They wiped one of the best goals I've seen of the season, basically. Unfortunately, best team goals so, so, from this squad. So that's where the that's where the the belief comes in, right? But then, but then all of a sudden, the changes come. It was time for some subs, and Mackenzie Gaines comes in for Shinyashiki. Alcivar, right? Well, Alcivar comes in for Brant Bronico, and as great as Brant is, and as much as he is more of an offensive threat than people realize, he was on a yellow. He's played. Uh, the most minutes, I believe, of anyone this season, other than a goalkeeper. That's right. And so I don't need to look up the stats. Right, right. That. You just know. Well, you know, Carujo got hurt, so it's obviously yeah. Brand. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a good sub. It was good. To, it was tough to take. You him know out. who he, might be third on that? Brand list? Brand was playing a good game. You know who would be third on that list of minutes played? Do you? Who would be your guess? I think. I think there's an easy answer to that. Swiderski. Hit me. Swiderski, yeah, yeah. He would be he, my answer, yeah. He, I think he's played more than Walks, if I had to guess without looking it up. Walks didn't play until yeah, but seven K- or eight games in. Carroll missed for the international break. He, he, he didn't play fair. in Montreal, also. So, so that's, I, that's what that's I was trying fair. to think. Yeah, that's consider. fair. Yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair. So, any, so, so Asavar comes in, and, and the goal happens, right? Right. Swiderski breaks through, gets the goal. It's 2-1. to one. How, how do those subs impact the match but how would you how would you rate Christian Latanzio's decision to bring on those two players and how did it impact the match I would say it was one of the best moves he's made all year uh, and that I'll say that I'll eat a little bit of crow on the fact that I publicly said to a few people like he should have made halftime subs and I was mad that there were no halftime subs because we were down 2-0 but he did get them in early in the 60th minute 61st minute I think officially but like he didn't he didn't wait till the 70 and 75 minute like we've seen at times this season, which really pissed me off. So that's a sign of some growth from Latanzio, I'd say. So the goal happens, and then all of a sudden there's a, there's a goal in the 76th minute. Nuno Santos comes in. It's, 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 the equalizer happens eight minutes after the, the first right. goal happens. And at this point, you must be flying. Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, we, we, we drew it back. We pulled it back. We pulled back both goals within... 30 minutes of the second half. It was great. And I think the first goal was amazing. I think that it was came off a corner kick. I think Vargas played really, really well, and he's establishing himself as the set-piece taker for this team. And I think that he put a nice ball in the box. Melanda headed it down. Swiderski took it and then took it on the half volley and scored it. And, and that you gave our team that was when the, the te- belief was no longer a tease it actually became real so that was great and then the second goal the second goal was just Nuno this I, I like the second goal was one of those like you're, you're good. Nuno became a Charlotte FC player at that moment and like what I you, loved, you could see it in his reaction yeah what I loved was his aggressiveness because it was a cross in from Gaines it was sub to sub you know but two of the subs that had come in at that point Gaines and Santos combining for a goal that's another 
positive mark in Latanzio's favor. Yep. So what happened was Gaines crosses it, and Carroll's... I think Gaines was originally crossing it to Swiderski, because Swiderski was kind of posted up in the top of the box, and he, but he had a man on. And the ball wasn't... The ball was not quite at Carroll's feet. It was a little bit of a leading pass. And so while Carroll was dealing with the guy who was kind of marking him, Nuno just sprints in and, like, cuts up, cuts off the pass and first times it, slots it home, yeah. brilliantly Great done. Touch. And it was, touch. it was so nice. And then uh, all of a sudden it's 2-2. And then, you know, Vargas gave... And, and at that point you're thinking win. Right, you're pushing right. for Right, there's third. enough time. There's a, Yeah, if you get the equalizer late, then you're like, okay, I'm happy with the equalizer. If you get the equalizer with 15-plus minutes left, you're you're kind of, uh, you're loving life. Because you think you can win. Another change in our manager, Christian Latanzio, brings on Jordi Reyna. Super sub Jordi Reyna, right? It, it, yeah. It, it, was a, it was for Kerwin... Vargas and to me it's another sensible change this is sure. three sensible changes in a row we talked about earlier riding that wave as we suck down this tropical IPA right you know just think of, up you know think about the longboard you know it's like yeah you know it's a long this second half all of a sudden you know actually what you could say is is that the longboard ride is the first minute to the 40 to the 90th minute right you're taking the longboard you're you're riding 100 meters, right. 200 meters. You you can go as far as you Anything want on that happen. long. Board. Yeah. But when you get that that first goal in the 68th minute, and you cash in in the sixth minute of extra time, Carl Sigurski gets a brace. Right. A fantastic move in the box. That's like a short board on a on a on a curling wave. <laughs> right. You know? That's like you're doing, you're bobbing and weaving on that one, just going up and cutting the wave in half, for sure. And Latanzio wrote it perfectly. And the additional seven-minute time happens. And at the end of the match, it's a it's a win, Danny Brown. So when we're approaching the 90th minute, it's 2-2. Shakiri's out of the game by this point. And we're thinking, hey, this is our chance. We've been pressing hard. Chicago barely had any possession at all in the second half. So you're thinking, hey, what I did, I texted a friend. I texted a couple of friends, actually. And I said, seven minutes to heaven, baby. <laughs> seven, if you've ever, if you ever, if you came up back in the day, you know what seven minutes to heaven is. And like, all I can say is that we had a chance and we were, it was, the ball was ours. This was sort of like the anti-Columbus game, if you will, because we were just going for it. It was not, it was not, uh, you know, defensive subs in the end. It was off attacking subs. Reina coming in and whatnot. So, just <laughs> like Gaines is the man. Like the, what we're learn, what we're discovering with McKinsey Gaines is just like this guy has developed this year. Like, like uh, all, he's he's been given the resources to become a better player. All credit to what's happening in Charlotte. I remember he was like. A big thing when he came to us from Austin, just as a little flashback. He was a rookie last year for Austin FC that uh, that I think only saw maybe twenty minutes the entire season long. He was like sort of their like fifth choice uh, attacker that they would sub in from time to time. But and that's was, why he, they left him unprotected. But, but he's from Austin. He's an Austin kid. He was like a favorite son. So like he had sort of a fan connection being an Austin guy that a lot of fans loved him. They were kind of pissed that he was like I have a really good friend who lives in Austin as a season ticket holder for Austin FC, and he texted me in mid-season. I remember this vividly. He said, "He said, what do you guys think of Gaines so far? We really wish we hadn't got rid of him. And, and this was 
this was a couple months ago, so I was like, eh. It's like, yeah, he hasn't really delivered yet, you know? But he's now delivering. He's now delivering. And so what happened in this final goal is he got a chance in the box and he fired with all his might. And it went bottom of the cross. It was the one of the hard, like, it's damn shame that goal didn't go in. He didn't get a chance to have the winner because he, he played well. Agreed. Put himself in a good position. Yep. Ball goes off the bottom of the that crossbar. That missed Sardarski player of the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's one way to think about it for sure. Uh, and But... But as as good as we hope Gaines can be someday, you know, with his with his finishing product and his skill in the box, Carroll showed us he's already there. Because what he did, he took down the rebound and, and you know, immediately fired off a shot that was blocked, got the ball back, and like what he did, his footwork in that moment, it almost looks the way he played it, I've watched this in live this replay, there's the one replay from like top sort of looking down near the box. I posted a clip of it on our Twitter, and like it almost looks when you're watching it like it's sort of in rewind because he's like doing skill with the ball backwards. You know, it's like so it's it's actually progressing forward in time, but it looks like it's going in reverse almost because of the way he sort of kicked the ball, like backheeled the ball to himself, and then rolled it one way to fake out a defender, then the other, and then he World fires off the shot. Footwork. It was yeah, exactly. It was absolutely. It was a play that if the Polish coaches look at that, they're going to be like, hey, we want to get this guy on the field in the World Cup. Uh, situation well, for sure, and he's got his chance right now during the international break uh, to make a to make an impact. And we talked about Svidersky and, and the Polish national team. You know who Poland plays first in the World Cup? Hit me, Mexico. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I That'd mean, be amazing. It's an absolutely great match to start the World Cup. Be a great great chance for Carol to get some uh, experience against me- playing against Mexican players since we're going to be in the League's Cup next That's year right. in 2023, playing against Liga MX. Remember that plus one game that we were supposed to get this year that we're never going to get? You can maybe consider the Columbus game the plus one. I mean, it's the oh, second wow. time we're going to be there, right? Oh, wow. Unreal. The, the, uh, the plus one is going to be the Leaks Cup game. Yeah, they, they mentioned that in the, yeah, uh, the, 18th the uh, invoice email we all got today that we will get uh, touch more on in just a bit. Uh, so, so the match is over. It's, it's, the, it's, a, it's an epic game winner. And the team celebrates. We talked about it. So... To hear your thoughts, you know, throughout the entire match, I think was was fantastic. Just to relive that moment, and I hope the audience uh, enjo- the audience enjoyed it as well. I think the, the the question that I that you already somewhat addressed that I cut you off of quickly was the Swiderski in the number ten role, yeah. his ability to play in that role. You know, and 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 I've said this before, and I'll say this again that this role is achievable. I'm not saying that Carol Swiderski is Harry Kane. But that's the same sort of position that he plays for Spurs. You're the, sure. You, you play at the top, and then you need to drop in and play the number 10. And he does both, right? Because when the substitutions come on, right. he's he's not in that 10 role anymore right. after those substitutions. Right. And, uh, yeah, exactly. When the subs came in, he did move up a little more of, as a striker after Rios and Shinya came out. To be honest, uh, I'm, not a, I'm actually a huge Harry Kane hater. I, I don't like Harry Kane whatsoever, but I if I can take that hat off for a second and just recognize objectively the quality of that analogy, I think it's a really good one. So I, I care if Carol could become arcane, I think we'd be in very good position for sure. Uh, That's what he's always been for this club, the, the striker and the creator. I actually love this lineup, this four, three, one, two so much. If you just move Carol to the Rio spot, put the bouncer back on the bench. He's had a, two great solid starts in a row. I'm not mad at him, but I want then I want to see Nuno in the in the cam role, in this creative attacking mid as the 10. 
And so then, then you might actually have your best potential Charlotte lineup possible with Vargas, Swiderski, Shinyashiki, Bronico, Nuno, Jones, Byrne, Melanda, Walks, and then left back was Harrison Affle. He's probably not in my best 11 at this point, but we don't really have a solution at left back. So, Yes, we do. He was on the bike this week. <laughs> Next year we do. Next year we do, for sure. And, of course, we're talking about our boy Adam Armour there. Yeah, back on the uh, stationary bike, on Dude, the training sidelines this week. So you you asked me, you put the question to me, what was my emotional roller coaster watching this whole game? I want to throw it back to you. What was your emotional roller coaster seeing 20 seconds of footage of Adam Armour riding an exercise bike at training this week? My first reaction was, oh, they just put out that MLS under 22 list and right. where Ben Bender came in yep. at 18. Congratulations, Ben. My, my first thought was, oh, Adam Armour can be on that list next year. <laughs> yep, for sure. Great great reaction. And there he is. It's, it's like when, when an injury like that happens, as early as it does in the inaugural season, it's like making a new signing at this point. Right, yeah, he's like a new signing for us next year, already built into the, the pie. That's pretty good. good uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Zoran Granetta was uh, thinking about that same thing. What do you think of – well, I, I guess you didn't get to really analyze it. I don't want to put you to the test, but I will say that we need to see more from our boy Nathan Byrne. I've been, like, big on him so far in his limited appearance. Say, you know, my catchphrase is that he catches the eye. <laughs> Byrne catches the eye over there right back. But he hasn't really delivered the results. He did go the full 90, which I know you respect. But I kind of saw the, a little bit. forward it. In this match, I saw a little bit more of what you were seeing, which is that Byrne's not fully adjusted to exactly what he needs to do in MLS just yet. But I think he'll get there. Yeah, and, and this is a perfect time perfect time to acclimate him into the squad. Adilson Milanda, however, completely different story. This well, kid came here, showed up ready to play. This kid is amazing. He could also be in that under-22 that you uh, mentioned for Adam Armour. We, we don't have a uh, nickname for the Frenchman quite yet. We need to come up with one. I'm not going to force it. I, I, you know how I am. I like, I like to let the nicknames come to me. So, something will happen. The Frenchman. The Frenchman. He, he. I mean, he had an assist. He had the assist on Carroll's first goal to get us started with a downward header in the box. He, he's a, he's a tall kid. Where is he from in France? Let's find that out. Let's do some live research right here on the show. I mean, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. But he is, oh, I like this. Hit me. He is from Rouen, France. Rouen. Rouen. You know Rouen. what he's, you know he's going to yeah. do to a striker? He's going to Rouen their day. <laughs> I like, let's call him the Ruiner. The Ruiner is perfect for now, yeah. yeah. With him, with the Ruiner and the Destroyer on the pitch together, no, we're never giving up another goal again. Uh, Milan is a, is a great player, and he's he's 20. So you're right. He can he could easily be on that list. Next next year as well. It's fun to have a front uh, a, a young Frenchman in the squad. Uh, I love when the squad becomes international. When you look at the the starting eleven, you're talking about a Brazilian, a Mexican, uh, someone from Poland, a Colombian, an Englishman, a Frenchman. This squad has become very international very quick. It's cosmopolitan, baby. Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're here at Pilot Brewing, and we've got one more segment for you today. we got to refill these goblets. We do. We do. $3 goblets means we're going to go get another one here, and then we're going to finally answer your listener questions on this episode of the show. Follow us on Twitter at ForTheCrownBaby, and make sure you hit us with the questions there as well. Use hashtag ForTheCrown. Make sure you get to Charlotte FC's Twitter handle as well. There's a poll there that you should vote in. Yes, yes. Very important poll. Who's going to be the coronation winner 
on the fan appreciation night against Philadelphia. I will say that you're, when you're here, listening to this episode on Thursday morning, you only have a few hours left to vote. So get out of there and get it. When does voting close? I believe in like 21 hours from now. So that would be like uh, Thursday afternoon. So if you're listening to this on Thursday morning or late Wednesday evening, you still have time to vote, and it's for on Fan Appreciation Night. I, I and I just want to want to make this. I just want to make this very clear that when I nominated you for this award on social media, it was tongue in cheek. <laughs> hey. hey. You know, you, at least you picked a good picture of me for the joke. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't complain about that. And, uh, you know, gave me an excuse to post my pick with Sir Minty it, it, also. It so. just gave me a, a, an opportunity to, to prop, prop my boy Danny Brams up and, and brag on how great of a supporter he's been. Because when you think about this inaugural season, when you think about those season tickets, that invoice that we all got this week for next year, there's not many people that can say that they've been to every match and they've gotten every dollars worth of, of their season ticket money. And that's Danny Brams. He's been there and for every minute at the key. F yeah. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams are back after this with your tremendous friends of the show. Questions. Back on the patio here at Pilot Brewing in Plaza, right on Central Avenue. It's it's a great place to be. It's a new locale for us this season. We this deep into the season, we're still finding new spots to go and mixing in the old classics, and this is on its way to becoming a classic. The final segment of the show, and I'm glad we're here for it because we're going to get to your listener questions, but first... Well, let me put it this way, if you'll allow me a little little flourish here. We ran it back Oh yeah. with the Island Hopper IPAs. Should, should give that update. And they're t- delicious, and they're $3, so it's kind of a no-brainer. But now... Everyone that's listening, well, not everyone that's listening, but a lot of people listening, and especially you and I, John, we're going to have to make a decision whether or not we want to run it back with Charlotte FC in 2023. You, cheers to that, Danny Brams. And, of course, we're going to run it back, but let's just share our, our honest thoughts first. And I will say that it's awesome to be a season ticket holder, but at the same time, when you see that number again, you go, woo! <laughs> and let's, let's remind the, the tremendous friends of the show, the supporters, the season ticket holders, that it was the most expensive ticket in MLS Yeah, this year. It was. And it was the first ever MLS club to use personal seat licenses. And I know, if I'm doing my math right, I think it was like a 3% increase in the supporter section season tickets was what I was measuring from the invoice which is not doesn't seem that much but it's real money and because the season the tickets were so expensive to begin with a 3% increase actually hits you a little hard in that wallet but if you think I'm going to pass up the chance to go party at the keep in the Mint Street end with the Queens Guard at the tap room next year you're freaking crazy there's nothing you can do to keep me away I will go like uh, work a second job I guess if I have to to uh drive Uber for a few months or whatever just to afford the season tickets if I need to, I guess. Or you could just, you know, be part of the Men's City Collective and gobble up those $20 <laughs> supporter section tickets before each match. I, either way would work. But right. hey, the reason why we're both going to buy back in is because we're going to support our club. 
Exactly. And it's it's what we've talked about from the beginning. And this there's no classism here, right? If you want to do it the way that I just described, I would say fucking do it that way. Right. If you're game to game, ne- if you were a season ticket holder this year and you're game to game next year, that doesn't make you a bad fan. It's just a choice you made. But I'm re-upping for sure. Right. So don't read me the wrong way. Because the reason why I just said that on the show is because I want to tip anybody off who might not know. <laughs> exactly. And I, I actually haven't, didn't look at too much at Twitter on this one for the, the conversation about the season ticket invoices. I was pretty busy today. But I did check. I, I saw some chatter about it on Reddit. And the Redditors in the CFC fan club, CLTFC I should say, uh, were not thrilled. And a lot of them were kind of describing that thing I said, which was... Hey, I, I'm not going in for it again next year. I, I just decided it's easier to go game to game for me. I don't like being feel like I'm obligated to go to a game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I'll say this: for as as much as people might think, like there's there's probably people out listening that think you and I, John, hate Charlotte FC because of like the takes we give are harsh when they're deservedly harsh in our in our minds. But we love this club, and I think that what am I? There's really nothing that can keep us away. You right. know, that's what I'm trying to get at. I guess, like, like uh, we're you there. Can't, you can't make us hate you enough to not show up. <laughs> right, right. Oh, here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. But as much as we've been down on the club at times when we felt it was deserved, and we are more likely to miss the playoffs than make it. You know, like I think with all the revitalization we talked about earlier, there's still only like a less than five percent chance that everything breaks Charlotte's way to make the playoffs statistically. But don't discount what can happen in year two, is what I want to get at. Because you look at Austin FC, they were down near the, to the very bottom of the Western Conference in MLS last year, and they had a lot of disappointment and a lot of, you know, bad performances that, that made you look like this club might be going nowhere. Where are they at in 2022? They're second in the West, they're going to the playoffs, they're hosting a playoff game, and they're a favorite... They're a contender to win MLS Cup this year. They're not a favorite, but they're certainly a contender. So don't discount what can happen year to year. And if you're disappointed with what you saw in Charlotte FC, if they didn't win enough for you, if it truly was a playoffs or bust mentality for you and you're busted, not so fast, my friend, because this team is showing some signs here late in the season that they might have the springboard into next year for a a magical year. Not that Danny Rams is going for the hard sell or anything. (laughs) Hey, Joe LeBlue, you're welcome. (laughs) Okay, let's get to the listener questions here. Uh, first one comes in from uh, more than a tremendous friend of the show, a tremendous friend uh, and a co-host of the show. Right. Uh, at Life of Gez and Matt Geslin chimes in. He says, uh, thoughts on the United States men's national kit for the World Cup? Leave it to Geslin to slip in a question on the Charlotte Soccer Show that's not about Charlotte Soccer. But, I mean, we are part of the United States. Yeah. I mean, it's World so, Cup. It's, it's yeah. an international break. World Cup season. Good point. Good point. Very good timing with the international break. Here's my take. I don't know if I'm trying to out-hipster the hipsters here, but I love them. I say F, F it. You know, all I saw was complaints. These are horrible. What are we doing? Blah, it's the same old bullshit every year. What are you, why are you complaining so much? They look great. The blues are nice. The whites are clean. They have that little kind of weird blue, uh, you know. Collar. Collar, yeah. Triangle Ish. thing. That I don't love. But, I mean. That's the worst part of the Complaining about the kits is just passe to me. If, I'm tired of if it. If the collar wasn't on the kit, then, I, then, I, would, then I would say both are great. Right. I like the blue one. People don't like the blue right. one. I love the blue They one. say it's the wrong blue, and it looks like a warm-up kit. Right. Not my problem. Guess what? We decide what the right blue is. We're the United States of America. Are you fucking kidding me? So... Uh, this one we talked about Kevin Young and we gave him a shout out the five and two project 
I, I really love this question as well, based on what we were just talking about. Realistically, what actions do you think it would take to fill the entire lower bowl of seating for 2023? I still see plenty of seats on Ticketmaster by the club and even more as resales, normally at a discount to face value. It's an important call out on a week where we're all getting our invoices for next year. Do you think they can fill the lower bowl regularly next year like they did this year, 30,000 plus every match? It's all about winning. It's all about winning. It's it's about win streaks. I'm looking back, sort of scrolling quickly here through the thing. We have not had a three-game win streak all season. You want to build. You want to get. You want to fill Bank of America Stadium. There's one word you need: momentum. I split it into two, just for anybody that's slow out there. Momentum is the key. You, the people get behind a winner. People get behind what's hot. There's a reason that this is called Buzz City by some people, and it's not the Charlotte Hornets. Is because. It's all about buzz here. And, like, you're not going to get buzz if you never string three wins together in a row. Win games, and that place will be packed. Well said. Uh, a good question from Amadio, uh, your friend who also is a so rare player, um, at Amadio underscore so rare on Twitter. What do you ex- who do you expect to make the greatest year two leap next season? For me, that is McKenzie Gaines. He's just shown such signs of, of positive development in the second half of this season, and I have no doubt that he's going to work even harder this offseason to improve his game that much more, and I just I think he's got all the tools to be an elite superstar in the league, to be perfectly honest. He's, he's so young that within the next three to four years, he's got a window where he can become one of the very best attackers in MLS easily. Mine is the the man that was riding the bike this week. I'm just I'm still watching that video. I'm, I'm watching that video right now. <laughs> you're, I'm, I'm sitting here talking, and you're just like not even listening to me. You're just watching Adam Armour videos. I love it. Uh, Russell Bowman, who by the way, at some point I got to get around a golf in. Uh, he says he's the shanker of nine irons. Make but, a tea time, right? Russell. Yeah, come on, let's come go. On. DM us. We'll, we'll be there. He says, "Fellas, uh, are you bummed, excited, or indifferent about the MLS moving to Apple TV next year?" I'm very excited. I, I would say that MLS's chance to sort of own a night of the week as much, as much as possible before college football gets around, at least during the summer months, is going to do a lot to sort of like establish the league as a little bit more of a cultural fixture even to people who don't follow MLS. At least like it won't happen in the very first year, but like over time people will be like, oh, it's MLS Saturday night. It's MLS Saturday night. Just like NFL Sunday. It won't be on the same level as NFL Sunday or Monday Night Football. I'm not that naive, but like just just the standardization of the scheduling is a big benefit. You know what I think will make a huge impact is that when we're at the matches and we know that everything's happening simultaneously, right. we'll be like, what's happening tonight? Yeah, we, exactly. You know, it's like we saw our 90 minutes, you, the, the, the stadium, the Keeps scoreboard will show out-of-town matches. Right. It'll feel like a, a Sunday 1 p.m. window when you're at the game. Exactly. And when you get home, you're going to want to say, Oh, what results were there? Yep. Oh, I can go on Apple TV and I can rewatch this match, yeah, exactly. even though you you know the result. So it just creates this this simultaneous experience, like a, exactly like an NFL red zone type experience. I think it's cool. Yeah, and and for road matches, when you don't go to an away day, you're going to be able to sort of red zone it a little bit too, and like check in on on different things, maybe multi-screen it. Only caveat on the whole thing is keep the local announcers for sure. I mean, they've they've earned they've earned a lot of. Uh, they're, they've earned the chance to come back, both the TV team and the radio team. They're both great. I've got a feeling, based on what I have read about the agreement, that even though you, you want that to happen, I think 
there are going to be based on the numbers cuts made. I'm going to keep saying it. I don't. You know, I, I live in. I do live in the real world, but sometimes I like to project out to to the world I would prefer to live in. So I'm going to say it until there's proven that it's not happening. I'm going to say it should happen. Patrick Flynn. He chimes in. He says, uh, "Boom." He's from uh, Boone, North, North Carolina, by the way. Shout out App State. Not many things make my jaw hit the floor, but that Hail Mary was insane. <laughs> Patrick Flynn, he chimes in, he says, loves the show. Does everyone call Danny Brams by his first and last name? <laughs> There's a story behind that. It goes back to when I first got to uh, ESPN back in 2006, I think. Yeah, 2006, I started up in Bristol, Connecticut. And up there, everybody has a nickname. Like, there's just you can't really escape the the event screening room without coming up with some kind of nickname because there's like 50 people in there watching every game of the night and editing highlights and things like that. So uh, usually the nickname becomes just a shortening of your name. So uh, Daniel Bramlett is my full name. Quickly got condensed to Danny Brams by uh, a legendary uh, producer at ESPN. Just completely tangentially, but L. Weimer, one of the most uh, unique individuals I've ever met in my life and she was the first person who coined me Danny Brams and it stuck became my Twitter handle I not only say it on the show but I find myself saying it um, when we're off mic so it sticks <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, good it's, yeah. it, it rolls off the tongue thank you uh, tremendous friend of the show Nick Youngblood he tweets in what is your ideal offseason itinerary for the team this is a question that we could spend an entire podcast on this offseason yeah but if you were to create a couple bullet points to start the list, what would they be? First thing, attacking depth. I'm willing to believe that Nuno at this point is our guy to start as the number 10 next year. And so let's just keep getting the attacking depth in the center. We have a lot of depth at winger right now. Let's let's get a little more depth in the attacking part of the central midfield. And then you, we never thought we would be saying this when we started this show, John, but we need backline depth we need we need to sort out our backline at this point who who really is our our backline of the future and if Latanzio stays it'll be a back four maybe a new coach would want to come in and do a back three who knows so like where's what's Jalen Lindsay's where does he fit into the puzzle having a contract extension but not getting a lot of minutes and and but being so young Harrison Affle probably moves on will Fuchs move on will Carujo come back from injury we love Addy Milanda already what he's shown does Walks have what it takes to stay as a starter next year with Carujo coming back, etc.? You know, we don't. Who is Joe Mora going to stick around? Uh, Burn probably has the first shot at winning starting right back. So, Jay just so, right there too. Who, yeah, yeah, Lindsay. So, like, if we did go to back three, could right. Lindsay play as the the right center back in a back three? Yeah. Because he's so uh, he's such a he's a he plays fullback, but he's really more defensive than attacking as a fullback. So. Could he fit in as a as a back three center back on the right side or something like that who, who advances at times? Like, there's just so much to figure out with the back line that we can't really spe- splash a lot of cash in that direction. It's not the MLS way to hire uh, DP to sign DP defenders. You you save your DP spots for attackers in right. MLS, but we need to make some deals and get some depth there. Which again, we thought that was our deepest position at the start of the year, and now it's our thinnest at the end of the year. Uh, Spurts guy, one of, one of our favorite tremendous friends of the show. He tweets in. A lot of rumblings that Latanzio is going to get the full-time gig. We kind of addressed this earlier in the show, but I just wanted to give the shout-out that this is a it, – it's not just something we're talking about, Danny Rams. It's something that supporters of the club are interested in. Uh, is he going to get the full-time gig? And how many wins will it take out of these last three? 2.7 for what it's worth. Um, 
to get you to feel okay with that decision? I think uh, if he wins all three, I'm pretty sure he'll stay for next year. Me too. If he wins two, I think that it could go. It's 50-50 at that point. What I want to happen is that playoffs are bust. What I think will happen is three wins and not make the playoffs. If they win these the last three and somehow don't make the playoffs, that will be an absolute letdown. Yeah, that would be kicking the nuts for sure. But I do think – I also think just beating Philadelphia and then, like, losing the next two would probably get him the job, to be perfectly honest, if that was to somehow happen. I would hate to see that happen, but, like, yeah. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Rams, thanks so much for your questions tonight. Um, as we reach the end of our recording session. First show in 10 days because of a lost episode. Maybe we'll find it. We're back. I got to put one to you. This is from our, our friends, our fellow, our, our brothers in audio, Offsides Podcast. They say Nike or Adidas. Do you have an answer there? Depends if Geslin's listening. <laughs> Geslin, I'm wearing my Adidas right now, so you know where I stand, brother. Adidas all the way, three stripes, let's go. Yeah, it's, it's Adidas because that's who reps the kits, right? Yep. Yep, if, if, if Charlotte FC has Adidas on their kit, I'm in. I'm in, yep. it's right there. Right there. Not, the, the, the crest on that one, Danny Rams, is over your heart. you dang right. Here, I'll, I just kissed the badge. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Rams. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. Make sure to hit us with your questions as well. It's an international break. There's obviously no matches this, this weekend. There is like a random MLS match during this international break. I'm just glad it's not Charlotte FC. Right. Let's rest. Let's let's make sure let's make sure Carroll gets back for the Philadelphia match. We I don't know exactly. I haven't looked at the calendar quite enough to know what Poland is doing in this break. Enough. I don't even want to have that. Yeah, thought. like like if we if somehow we show up against Philadelphia on October first and it's like yeah, Swiderski he just got back at midnight last night from Europe. I'm gonna be like start his ass. <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately, and and listen, I try to be transparent with the audience. Uh, my sister's getting married that weekend, therefore I cannot hey, be at the key. Cheers to that. Exactly right. Uh, we'll be in Taos, New Mexico. So if you've listened to this show throughout the entire uh, course of the season, you know I've been many, many different places. And you can add Taos, New Mexico to the list. Danny Brams, it's been a pleasure to do the show with you here tonight at Pilot Brewing, uh, a, a place that has completely, I'll just say it, blown me away. This is my first time here since I've lived in Charlotte eight years, and it will be a lot less than eight years before the next time I come back. I love this spot. We'll be back with another another episode at some point before the next match. I, I would like to get together after the weekend, early week. We can potentially talk about some international mm-hmm. matches. We can keep an eye on Carl Sudersky and, and Poland and, and right. have a conversation about any news that comes about with this club. Um, and then on Wednesday... I'm flying out. So definitely before then. But until then, keep the conversation on Twitter. Like you, you said earlier in the show, I'll, I'll reiterate. Talk to it. Like one thing, we we feel like half of our community building is through social media. Like we love to do the episodes. It's probably the heart and soul of everything. But like we also love just banter. It's all about the banter, baby. And make sure you vote in that poll. At I, I have my vote. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stump for anyone. But my choice was extremely easy. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. Until next time, as always, Danny Brams. For the crown, baby.